I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Back in 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom and lawmakers created the California Reparations Task Force. It was the first of its kind in the nation. The nine members of the group were given a tall order, help state officials understand how slavery and white supremacy have harmed black residents and provide a recommendation for how the state should compensate them for those harms. If this sounds familiar to you, it's because San Francisco has also been working on its own Black reparations efforts. The city's committee offered a number of recommendations over a month ago. It included a controversial one-time payment of $5 million to Black city residents. That stirred a lot of blowback. I discussed it with Chronicle columnist Justin Phillips in March. In essence, it's only divisive for people who don't want to talk about equality. But if San Francisco is a really progressive place, we should just be fine doing that. On Monday, California's reparations task force released its own first estimate of damages caused by slavery and white supremacy, up to $1.2 million per Black resident. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporter Dustin Gardner joins me to discuss how the state's task force calculated those initial figures. He'll break down the three main areas of harm that were taken into consideration, what else the task force is recommending besides money, and how this debate may play out in the state legislature. Dustin Gardner, great to have you back on Fifth Emission. Always good to be with you. So, Dustin, the state's reparations task force has finally released its first dollar estimate of what it would take to compensate Black people for the lasting harms of slavery and white supremacy. Now, this process has been pretty controversial since Newsom and lawmakers first created the group in 2020. What did it take to get to this point? There was a ton of work to get to this point. The task force started meeting in June of 2021, and they've had dozens of meetings over the last nearly two years. Often these have been very tense, heated meetings with members of the public and infighting among the task force themselves. And it's been just a really painstaking debate to get to this point. And aside from the public meetings, the task force has hired a team of economists and other policy experts that were really digging into the weeds to come up with these calculations and do the research about what it would take to compensate African-Americans for this harm. And they've also been doing a lot of historical research documenting how California had a very dark history in this realm. Now, a lot of people are buzzing about this $1.2 million figure. And this is reminiscent of my last conversation with Chronicle columnist Justin Phillips. We spoke in March about San Francisco's own effort to consider reparations for the city's black residents. The figure that was thrown out during that time was $5 million per resident. And people just like to really focus on that dollar figure. It gets people really heated up. So explain for us what this initial figure from the state actually means. This is just like a rough estimate, right? Yeah, there's been a lot of confusion about what exactly these estimates mean. This is not a finalized proposal of the amount of money that every black person in California is going to get. This is not that. This is a damages estimate of what it would take to compensate black residents for harm in, in the areas that the task force has studied. So it really is kind of a starting place for that deeper discussion of how exactly would reparations be formulated? What would the amount be? This is kind of the guiding research for the task force and eventually the legislature to come up with a more specific plan. But it's also significant in the sense that it is the first time we've seen any dollar estimate number put to the total amount of harm done. 
And Dustin, I know that eligibility for reparations has been a big sticking point for the task force. And as it stands now, who would qualify to receive payments? So the task force still has a lot of work to do to narrow down the eligibility rules. A lot of that's still also unclear at this point. After two years of meeting, they they have not totally come to an agreement on how that qualification process would work. The big decision they did make last year was that reparations would be limited to people who can directly trace their ancestry back to slavery in the United States or the period at least before 1900. And the whole intent of doing this was the task force wanted to focus on slavery in America. They wanted to focus on people that had lineage stretching back that far in the United States. They didn't want to include more recent immigrants or people that had come to the country later and whose families had not experienced that same lineage of harms. This was very controversial. The task force was really split on this. It was a 5-4 vote on the task force. After hours of very heated debate, they finally decided to do this. You know, There were some on the task force that said all black people have suffered the same injustices and harms simply by being black in America and black in California. But ultimately, the majority of the task force said it would be easier to defend it legally if you only included people that could directly trace the harm to their families history of slavery or, or roughly the same time period. The task force has also said they want to limit eligibility to people who live in California. They haven't exactly spelled out how they're going to define that, like if people have lived here and then moved away, or do you have to have a certain level of identification? Th th that nitty-gritty work has not been done yet. Now, as you mentioned, this figure is a damages estimate, and this draft report outlines estimates for restitution to repair some of those damages in three main areas, mass incarceration, housing discrimination, and health harms. So there are a lot of numbers here, but help us break it down, Dustin, starting with mass incarceration. What does compensation for that specific harm calculate to? Yeah, so for the category of mass incarceration and over-policing, the, the economists were suggesting 115000 or so per person or about $2,352 for each year a person has been a resident in California between the years of 1971 and 2020. And the, the year 1971 is significant because that is the start of the so-called war on drugs, the federal war on drugs that also trickled down to the state level with very tough sentencing laws and a lot of you know African-Americans incarcerated for cannabis possession and that sort of thing. So again, we're talking about $2,300 per year or $115,000 over the course of someone's lifetime for just specifically that harm. Mm. And housing discrimination, tell me about the numbers there. Yeah, so for housing discrimination, the task force looked specifically at the practice of redlining. This was the practice of banks and other institutions often denying assistance and home loans to African-American families, a practice that went on into late into the 20th century, into the 1970s. So looking at that practice and other practices of discrimination in housing, the task force suggested 148000 roughly per person or the equivalent of 3400 per year for each year that someone lived in the state between 1933 and 1977 when the practice of red line ended. I mean, just as you're talking about this, I can see how much research and historical digging went into trying to calculate these numbers. They're actually tracing back a certain policy to a certain year and calculating it that way. 
Yeah, exactly. And that that was a really key part of the reparations discussion. You know, I talked before about how the task force decided to limit this to people who were descended from slaves and not later immigrants. And it, they're, they're being very specific. They want to trace this to a specific harm. And part of the reason for that is the, the advice that they received from reparations experts who have studied this issue at an international level. They found that usually reparations programs are most successful and most legally defensible if they are traced to to a specific harm, an actionable harm that can be traced to someone's ancestry or their personal experience. Now, the third area here, health harms, we're talking about things like environmental pollution and unequal access to health care. What are the numbers to compensate for those harms? Yeah. So if we're looking at the entirety of someone's lifetime, we're looking at about $967,000. That's assuming an average life expectancy of 71 years for black people in California. That life expectancy has gone down a couple of years recently because of COVID. And if, if we break it out on the yearly level, we're talking about roughly $13,600 per year for all those types of health harms. And I'll just say that this is one of the broadest categories that the task force studied. You mentioned access to health care and exposure to environmental pollution. They also looked at things like discrimination from medical workers and doctors, people that are more reluctant to treat black people historically or deny care. And, you know, this type of thing we heard a lot about during COVID of black people, black men in particular, being turned away when they went for treatment. So this is the most expensive of, of the compensation categories they're looking at, but it's really the lifetime of, of health harms that black people suffer. And the, the life expectancy of black people in California is significant significantly lower. You know, we're talking a decade or more lower than a lot of other racial groups. And so a lot of research has gone into this report to narrow it down to these three main areas. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that, you know, they, they looked at other harm areas and the task force and their economists, they concluded that they didn't have enough data to quantify the harms in those other areas, things like seizure of black property through eminent domain or devaluation of black businesses. They did include the very important asterisk saying that eventually they hope to quantify the harms in other areas. And this is sort of a starting place and reparations could be added to or augmented as as more data becomes available. Reparations for eligible Black Californians would need to be approved by both the state legislature and the governor. Chronicle reporter Dustin Gardner will detail that uphill battle after a quick break. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Dustin Gardner, before the break, you broke down the calculations of damages against Black Californians in three major areas, mass incarceration and over-policing, housing discrimination, and health harms. But the Reparations Task Force's full report for the state legislature is hundreds of pages. What else is in that report? It's a very comprehensive history of slavery in California. A lot, you know, a lot of people think California is a free state. It, it actually wasn't. And technically, it was a free state when it entered the Union in 1850. But slavery continued here for many years. It went on yeah, on plantations, cotton plantations. It went on in the gold mines. Southerners brought their slaves with them and forced them to work here. And that, that went on for several decades in, in some areas. And the state sanctioned it and endorsed it at the time. So the report 
report documents a lot of that. And then it goes through, you know, the decades documenting different ways that vestiges of slavery and white supremacy were promoted by the state in education, in law enforcement, in the healthcare system, every facet of state government, the vestiges that continued. And beyond that, you know, there are other recommendations beyond the financial compensation. One of the biggest points the report tries to make is that California has never really offered the type of broad-based apology for these actions that the reparations task force is looking for. And so the other key recommendation is that they're asking for a formal apology from the state, from the legislature, and from Governor Newsom outlining all the the atrocities that California participated in well over 150 years from 1850 until the present that that are that were vestiges of slavery and they, they want that to be passed and signed into law by the governor. So this report is basically like a full recommendation with a lot of different ideas here and a vote is happening this weekend in Oakland. What exactly happens next in this process? Could this report be broken down in different ways and people can vote for certain things and not for others? Well, we don't know exactly what is going to happen next. It's tough to say because this is the first statewide commission that in the United States. California has never done this before. I mean, they really are writing the the blueprint for this and other places might follow some of what's done here. What's supposed to happen this Saturday at Mills College in Oakland, the task force is going to meet and they're going to debate these cost estimates for the first time and they're going to debate the final report and they may take a vote on, on the final report and the compensation recommendations. They have until June 30th to send the, their final report to the governor and the legislature and that must include some sort of recommendation on cash payments and other forms of reparations. and. From there, it really is in the hands of the legislature. Leaders in the legislature have to decide what they're willing to do and how far they're willing to go. You know, this is going to cost a lot of money. They have to figure out how they're going to pay for it and what, you know, just what level of reparations they're comfortable with. And there's been a lot of discussion about cash payments. The task force has said, you know, explicitly that they expect that to be part of the solution. But, you know, I've heard from others in the legislature that say cash payments might be kind of missing the boat because in some cases it could have a very temporary improvement on someone's life. And so there might be more of a discussion about more institutional changes with education, healthcare, providing better access, improvements in policing, things like that. So I think the the final form of reparations could be much broader than cash payments, but cash payments will certainly be part of the discussion. Ultimately, the legislature and the governor have to sign off on any of the changes that we're talking about in the report and any any funding to pay for it. I mean, like you're saying, this is going to be a lot of money if this is approved by the state legislature. What would the total cost be based on, I know this is very rough damages estimate. What is that number? And then how would the state even start to pay for something like that? Yeah. So economists for the task force, they have said that they expect this will cost more than $800 billion. In the final report, I can't find a good breakdown of what the total cost is supposed to be. And part of the reason it's difficult to know is because the, the task force, they were working with data that was looking at every black person in California. But of course, as I mentioned before, they, they also want to limit it to those who can directly trace their ancestry to slavery. That data is not available yet to narrow that down. We're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, probably at least $800 billion to get this going. And in terms of how the state would pay for it, that's that's a tough question. The current annual budget for the state is about $297 billion. That's the entire budget for all functions of the state in one year. So the idea of paying for an $800 billion program is pretty daunting. 
you know, but I've heard a lot of folks say that, you know, this is something the legislature can make a down payment on and then work on over time. They want to see a long-term commitment. I don't think anyone expects all of this to be done in one year. And one of the interesting recommendations from this draft report by the task force is that they want the legislature to start moving first on uh, re reparations for elderly black people, people who might not live long enough to see all of this come to fruition. So I think there, there could be an effort on that front. But really, we don't have a strong sense of what the appetite in the legislature is at this point. I mean, the legislature and Newsom created this program in 2020, but it was all ideas then. You know, there were no numbers. There, It was an easier vote, much easier vote for them at the time. And now it's the much tougher decision of putting numbers and dollars to this actual idea. Right. So there's a lot that remains unseen about how this process will go. But I mean, obviously, we know that this is going to face some fierce opposition in the state legislature, especially from some Republican lawmakers. That's pretty much a given. That that would be a really big hurdle for the task force, ultimately, right? I've watched many of their meetings. I've probably watched, you know, a dozen of their meetings in the last three years. And they've consistently said that the hardest part of this is not coming up with the plan. It's getting it passed in Sacramento and it's getting public buy-in. It's not just convincing the legislature. It's convincing the public and their constituents of the legislature that there is support for this. And so they, they've really emphasized that the next piece is public education, is taking all this history and the research that they've done, sharing it with the public and kind of helping to build a public public groundswell of support for this. But I think they, they face a very tough battle. There are Republicans who will be very outspoken and on this, and they'll use it to try to hurt Democrats, especially in swing districts. But we've also seen moderate Democrats be hesitant. When I first wrote about this in 2020, I remember hearing from some Democrats saying, like, why not include Native Americans, or why not include Irish people, or why not include Jewish people? There, there's a lot of what ands or ifs kind of questions in the legislature at the time. And so I think, you know, we'll see a lot more of that debate play out. And I think advocates of reparations, as much as they know the tough battle ahead, I think they're happy to have that debate and happy to have that discussion be really prominent in the public discourse in California. Well, it's certainly interesting to see California be ambitious in this way. Dustin, thank you for following it for us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Dustin Gardner covers the state capitol for The Chronicle. Find his reporting, including his story on the California Reparations Task Force, online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to Gary Baca for editing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs>